0: Hello and good evening, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of TXR. I hope everyone is having an awesome Sunday. Also, hey, you know what? It's Mother's Day. So to all the wonderful moms out there, have a happy Mother's Day, including the ones that watch this show. We certainly appreciate all that you do. You guys rock. This is your host, the voice of reason, Invader here. And I'm really excited and stoked for tonight's show. Uh, If you couldn't already tell, we're a little low on the panel members at the moment. So it's kind of looking like an Invade cast right now, an Invade XR, if you will. But we've got an awesome show lined up for you with awesome topics to cover. And it's looking like a real treat. And for tonight's show, we got two really cool, awesome guests From Basement Radio Podcast and the Scumcast, please welcome Gaming
1: Forte. How's things at your end, bud? Nah, man, everything's good, man. As soon as you sent me the invite, I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Always want to jump in and um, get to know more people and just spread amongst the community and definitely just come check you out on your own channel, man. It's really cool.
0: Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, as we were talking about before the show started, I think the last time we were on a show was uh, PTK Blam's Shop Podcast. And I remember that was a really good time. You know, he puts on a good show. And uh, yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you and have you on. So this is great. I'm happy to have you on, bud. Um, And making his way onto the show, an upstart content creator with a passion for gaming. I really like his stuff. Please welcome centurion one three zero seven how's things at your end uh, centurion
2: pretty good i'm excited to be here and i really appreciate the opportunity and the invite to be here
0: all right of course Of course. Yeah, yeah. Everyone check out his content. I have a link down below to both our guests here, Gaming Forte and uh, Centurion. They both have good content on their channels. And again, we have a few panel members missing in action. Of course, it's Mother's Day. We all have commitments, but hey, they might uh, slowly roll in. But anyways, we'll get to our first topic. And hey, I'll admit this is a bit of a bizarre topic at that, but kind of fun. A few days ago, uh, Forbes writer Paul Tassi uh, put up an article titled, If you don't know Rage 2 is coming out in four days, I wouldn't blame you. Kind of odd, but now this drew the attention of the Rage 2 Twitter account. uh, They replied with, LOL. Who Even Are You? Which, hey, to be honest, I didn't really think of it as much of a comeback, but then other journalists kind of chimed in, like Jason Schreier of Kotaku, and he was talking about like being blacklisted by Bethesda and also mentioning President Trump for some odd reason. I didn't really know why. It was kind of weird. But, anyways, this whole spat is over supposedly a lack of marketing for Rage 2 and a concern over it. Now, guys, how do you feel about this article and these comments? Does Rage 2 need more marketing? I mean, it's only a couple of days away now from releasing or is this just some attention seeking journalism? And let's start with you, Centurion. How do you feel about this? What's your take?
2: Oh, shucks. Like we were saying in the uh, pre-chat earlier, outside of Avengers Endgame, I really don't know of any other movies in the theater right now. But I guess, yes, it could use a little bit more advertising. If you look at Red Dead Redemption, you couldn't go a day without seeing a commercial on television. But then again, anybody who is interested in the game knows when it's coming out. They've been watching it. I've been talking about it with friends and family. We all know it's coming out Tuesday. So I would have to say the journalist, I don't think he was exactly uh, seeking attention, but maybe some of the other guys that were chiming in were because Bethesda, we all know that they don't really like even giving out review copies for early reviews. They just treat journalists like they're average people. They don't really mm-hmm. give them any kind of, they don't give them anything on a silver platter. They're just normal people the way that Bethesda looks at them. So they're I like in the article it even talked about how they had attitude in the tweet and that was kind of relevant towards the game. So was the person at Bethesda just trying to feed into the attitude of the game or were they actually meaning like who are you we don't really care who you are Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Don't know I'm still trying to figure it out myself. I do think it's funny though
0: No, it is kind of funny and I personally find it funny that like a gaming journalist just wouldn't like be aware of Game releases especially for one that you're supposedly interested in like all of us you know we keep tabs on games that we're interested in we you know, we might plug them into our phone, we might pre-order, you know, we keep tabs on all the games that we're interested in, really, that we're going to buy, that we're excited about. And these are people whose job it is to know all this stuff, or to be aware of these these things. You know, they're supposed to be really into it, know the releases, and uh, this is a high profile game. So it's kind of funny that a journalist would make this kind of a statement.
1: Uh, Gaming Forte, what's your take on this, bud? So, um, the way I look at this situation is two different ways. First, I, I know Paul Tassie because he—I um, watch read a lot of his articles because he does a lot of stuff around uh, division and mostly Destiny because I play those games a lot. And um, I do think the article itself was more of a clickbait article just because he. He knew it would actually get some type of traction, especially with the way that um, the community looks at journalism now. But I also think he was looking at it from a situation where I think he just looked up one day and was like, wow, Rage 2 is literally coming out in like four days. And he, it, it's not one of those. It's a game he was excited for. Is it like like how, like if he would have said that for something like Destiny, I'll be like, wait a minute, bro. You wrote over a 50, 50 to 100 to probably a thousand articles on that game you can't tell me you didn't know that this new dlc was dropping this day you know so it's Mm -hmm. probably something that wasn't completely on his life it's like you're excited for it but it's like something that's not always on your mind and you just look up like oh man that's finally here um but i do think it's a situation where um he probably was thinking in lines of people that don't even know about rage Two being a thing you know we know about it because we're in the community we see these things on youtube we watch we talk about it on videos and shows um with the people that don't have ad blocker or use youtube red you probably saw trailers because i do see trailers and stuff Mm -hmm. on youtube for um every once in a while i mean could they do a little bit more marketing for it i think they could but I work in game. I work at a GameStop. I'm a store manager there. I see right. trailers for that thing all the time in my store. So I think they're basically just using their marketing wisely and putting it in places where they know people are going to see it, and um, doing it in like stores where people go in to buy games. I think is probably where they put most of their budget. Um, but I think he was mostly talking for the people that you know watch regular TV. Or and stuff like that, and they don't see any trailers, you know, nothing on NBA basketball like how Red Dead Redemption. You know, when you see people like like when you see Spider-Man put a whole subway as a marketing play for the game, I think that's what people are looking at, you know, not saying they had to go that far, but at least do something where people know your game is coming out. Um, But I think it was a little bit of nothing. I mean, of course, people are going to get down on him on it just because I do believe he knew exactly what he was doing when he was making the article on it. Um, But, you know, sometimes people get in their feelings about the way other people talk about things that they like or dislike. Uh, I don't think the Twitter account really clapped back at them. I think Mm -hmm. they just jokingly said hey, LOL, who are you? Trust me, they know who Paul Tassie is because <laughs> he makes hundreds of articles for Forbes, one of the more recordable um, news sites that are out there for business and stuff. So uh, I think it's a little bit of nothing. I just think people take that information and run off into the ether like they normally do when it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. I'll admit, uh, like... <sighs> It was funny, though. I laughed when I saw it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, I do agree with you that it could have used possibly some more traditional marketing. Uh, I don't know what they're expecting to get from this game in in, uh, the form of sales, what they're expecting. Uh, The original Rage, I don't remember if it did.
1: I don't think it did like super well they but market it- the hell out of rage one and mm-hmm. it, did, it did not do well so maybe maybe that's another reason why they're so gun shy on it they say the people that are going to buy rage two are the people that played rage one and enjoyed it so we really don't have to market to them uh and i guess they're trying to go off this whole word of mouth because that seems to be a lot with new developers or not new developers because bethesda's nowhere near new Um, But that seems what developers do when they have a game that didn't do so well, but people request a lot of it. They put it Mm -hmm. out and let the people sell it to each other versus them selling it with their dollars they put behind the marketing. Mm
2: -hmm. If you mind, if I add one thing, I do see one issue that they would have with marketing the game on television. If you look at all the ads on YouTube and that you've seen, they all have they all have edited profane language as part of the ad and yeah. i'm pretty sure some some people out there in hollywood whoever controls television wouldn't want certain extreme adult content being advertised on their show so i'm pretty sure they'd even have some marketing issues on that nature mm-hmm. just of how how adult adult oriented the game is going to be
1: yeah, even, even at the store, like <laughs> they play the, um, and this would have been a good trailer, I think people, I don't know if they even have it outside of GameStop's right now, but they have a trailer where they're just going through all the different moves and abilities, and you have the uh, announcer from NBA Jam doing all of the callbacks in the game, because he's like a pre-order bonus, when you pre-order the game, you get the announcer as a cheat code, oh. and whenever you do cool things in the game, he'll say something like, you know, throw the wing stick at somebody head and says um i forget it's like boomerang to the head or some crazy stuff like that but he does it in that that nba jam voice and it's pretty cool looking at that and it kind of gets you hype um watching this so they could do stuff like that but you're absolutely right because that game is very very gory and bloody and i can definitely see that being a problem with marketing if they don't do any special editing to get it in front of people
0: Mm -hmm. no exactly it's that's actually a good point to make centurion um you know it is kind of a wild game even going back to the first one it was pretty wild this one just it really seems to amplify that by 10 by the way that the marketing's been and the gameplay videos have been but I've seen it all over my Twitter feed, to be honest with you, and all of us who are really into gaming, you know, we follow all kinds of gaming sites, gaming personalities. I know my buddy Colt Eastwood there, he keeps posting stuff about being excited about um rage 2 i see other people posting about it just you know there's a lot of people who are excited about that jamie moran just to name a few and even uh like again on youtube you know i'll see uh oh you know i'll scroll through my uh recent youtube and it's just like oh yeah rage 2 rage 2 and it's just i don't know like i if i can see that then i'm pretty sure a games journalist uh you know can take a look at that i'm pretty sure a games journalist is following the same stuff that i am if not similar stuff so i'm just wondering what's going on there i I, I just find it very interesting that they would comment on that um the game i think do any of you are any of you guys planning to pick up rage 2 by chance
2: it's pre-ordered right now i'm waiting for it to come out tomorrow i'm actually looking forward to it
1: yeah same um i pre-ordered it um we're doing an 8 p.m. launch on it, so you can get it at eight o'clock um, at any GameStop, depending on what area you live in. Five o'clock if you're east west coast.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I'll be in that thing in the moment because it's like when you see the game, it's like you got the open world prowess of Avalanche when they do the just cause games type with some of the most technical, best, per- best first person shooting aspects from Doom with id. And you put them together, and then you have Mad Max-style um, road rage when you have fortresses that you can blow up and go after on car and foot. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm in. As soon as I saw the trailer, I was in for it.
0: Yeah, and I'll admit, like as soon as I saw that uh, the guys from Avalanche that did Mad Max were making the game, that actually got me pretty excited because I did enjoy Mad Max. Um, yeah. It was a little rough around some edges, but I did enjoy it for what it was being a Mad Max fan um but yeah rage 2 is a very interesting game kind of polarizing for some people but like i just it's definitely a fun game even walmart canada is joking about it because going back to the walmart canada leaks before e3 last year and they even have like a pre-order bonus with a limited edition e3 rage 2 sleeve uh, making fun of themselves yeah (laughs) You know, just just that kind of fun stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I I do respect some jam- gaming journalists, but others I find that they hype up things that don't necessarily need to be. Some of it's kind of clickbaity. Um, they're welcome to comment on whatever they they want to. Um, it's just. I feel like some of it's just, it, it, it's really hyperbolic in a lot of ways. And they're kind of talking about stuff that's a non-issue. So I just, I I just, I really want the game to do well. Hopefully this isn't a negativity going into the launch. And honestly, I, I just hope for the best for the game. It looks cool. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, are any of you guys in the chat interested in the game? Uh, let me know. Uh, type in a one if you're interested, picking it up. Let me know if you're excited. Uh, There definitely seems to be some good energy coming out of it. Uh, Speaking about the chat, who we got here? Uh, Thanks for joining us, Shizno Elite, the indie gamer. Uh, Who else do we got here? I've seen some other people pop in. It's going to be a good show, guys. Thank you all for joining in. Thank you all for uh, who are joining, just listening in. It's great. We got Shizno Elite here, who's very psyched, indie gamer. All right. Good stuff, guys. Now, moving on to our next topic. And so, guys, a few days ago, Sony had their second State of Play stream. And it ran, well, pretty quickly for like 12, 13 minutes. And it was over before you knew it. We saw a trailer for a Monster Hunter expansion called Iceborne. uh, A new medieval trailer. A few new... Titles were also announced such as Predator Hunting Grounds, a hack and slasher Riverbond, Squirrel Simulator Away, and a brand new trailer for Final Fantasy VII. Now, also revealed was a Days of Play special edition console. It's steel gray and in my opinion actually looked pretty sleek. I kind of like it. But guys, what were your takeaways and impressions from this second State of Play stream? Did you like it? Uh, Were you expecting more? How do you feel about these streams going forward? Did you like anything shown? Uh, We'll start with you, Gaming Forte. What are your thoughts on this? Did you enjoy the stream?
1: Look man, you can't talk bad about a screen that was only three ten 10 minutes long. <laughs> that's that's the number one thing we need to get out of the way. We are <laughs> we're an Xbox community. We love Xbox, but boy, when it comes to the time that you put into a, a inside Xbox and you do it versus stay to play, it mm-hmm. is night and day. So, could they do better? Yes, but the biggest thing is when people people always say this cuz Microsoft does the same thing. They tell you what's on the agenda and you take it or leave it if you're going to watch it i think people give xbox so much slack i mean so much crap about it is because they have such a long show and they have so much developer conversations in it where they can feel that with just talking about other stuff like games people want to play where sony did the same thing but it's only 10 minutes so if i just sit down and Drink a drink some coffee or drink some water. It's kind of over before you even know it. So Final Fantasy VII was probably the highlight for me in general that we finally got some more information on this game because we haven't seen it in any form since they showed it. I believe it was it wasn't at E3. I think it was at PXX like three years ago. So they finally talked about it. And we're going to get more news in um, more news in June about it. So that's that's really really cool. Um, this whole flying squirrel thing, I, I don't know what that, <laughs> is, bro. I, I, Racker Raccoon has a new game and he's going around stealing people's hands. I, 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 I don't know what this was. Really, it just seemed like something like Tokyo Jungle style type game. Um, really cool. I, I like when developers just try to do little things that you know Sony is willing to fund and put on there because it's all cool just to get your game out there in front of more people. Um, but I think overall 10 minutes, I can't say it was bad. Do I want more from it? Yes. But I also think a lot of people that didn't like it or say they didn't like It's because Sony has, they're not going to be at E3. So you're, you're, you're hoping that they're going to give you something, but I try to tell people that they're not going to talk about anything until they talk about PS5. PS5 is pretty much the is the barrier that's holding Sony from talking about any of their games going forward because why would you want to show Last of Us on PS4? Why mm-hmm. would you want to show Ghost of Tsushima on PS4? Even though we know those games are going to be on PS4, until they're ready to officially come out and say, this is PS5,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that's when you'll start getting information about PS4 and 5 games like that. I think when you hear anything about Last of Us release dates... They'll also talk about the PS5 version at that time too. And I think that's not going to happen until later this year when they do their PXS at the end of the year, whenever that is in like late November, early December. So if they want to do these little 10-minute state of plays, I'm good with them because they're just something that you just kick back and just say, hey, maybe you'll get lucky and they'll say something because if they don't, i didn't really waste any time so i don't have a problem with it i just you know like everybody else want to know about the stuff that we really care about and that's the big three well big two game uh goes to, well three yeah dead stranding goes of tsushima and last of us two i think that's pretty much the end and be all for all sony people out here right now
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah they're gonna have to wait a little while for that in my opinion as well yeah. uh those are obviously games that are purposely being held back. I mean, we haven't really heard much about Ghost of Tsushima uh since its initial reveal. Um Last of Us 2, we know that they're basically well, they should be done the they game. Said they're I...
1: done with it. They said they they finished mocap. They're just basically doing uh editing and they said final touches and and um polish right now.
3: Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they're ready
1: to show it. They just don't can't show it until ps5 is ready to show
0: yeah uh like kind of branching off here but i i do suspect that we will get a separate show like similar to what they did in 2013 like right before they like when they yeah, like yeah, when they showed off the uh, PlayStation 4 and mm-hmm. a few of the games there, I, I do generally have a feeling we will get something like that, maybe not like a PlayStation experience or something, but there's a reason why they're not attending E3. Obviously, it's not they do have stuff to show, but they're holding it back and they're yep. holding it back for a reason. So they're gonna have some kind of a separate showing um i have a feeling they're going to try and emulate what worked for them previously and that would be you know we're right at the beginning of the gen with what they did with the ps4 but we'll see um centurion did you watch the uh second state of play what are your thoughts did you like anything there could they have done better
2: well for starters i do want to point out that everybody always says that PlayStation has forgot about the indie developers and in their show, you're actually seeing some indie style t- titles popping up. Mm-hmm. So obviously PlayStation has not forgotten about them. They're bringing them back into the fold. Um, medieval, I'm probably going to play it just because I, I grew up on playing games like that on the original PlayStation. Spyro, Ratchet and Clank, and now Medieval. Actually, I believe Ratchet and Clank was a PS2 thing. But anyways, those platformers were the ones I grew up on, so I would probably enjoy playing Medieval just to feel like a kid again. But like Forte was saying, I'm definitely looking forward to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, During the time when it was popular, I wasn't able to be as big into gaming as I am now, so I kind of missed out on it. So now I'm looking forward to this remake because I want to play it. Um, And then for some reason, the Predator game stood out for me because I'm just a huge sci-fi Predator fan.
1: Mm -hmm. That was the shake and bake right there, man. I thought that was so calm. (laughs) Right? That's what Um, I thought. (laughs) I was was like, oh, look, so calm it did. Then the whole da 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 I was like, oh, it's Predator. (laughs) Now,
2: I I want to point out about that title that I feel like from watching that video, I'm getting this Dead by Daylight vibe. kind of like friday the 13th someone's gonna play predator and you're probably gonna have four other people running around the jungle avoiding this (laughs) guy
1: yeah they already came out and said it's going to be asymmetrical so you're pretty much right on point with what they're going to do
0: yeah my my issue is it's done by that studio that did uh what's it called friday the 13th -hmm. and they don't exactly have the best track record um you know that game had its issues i know some people who really enjoyed it but i remember when that game initially came out there was a lot of problems and a lot of people don't trust that studio i'm a huge predator fan i hope it's good but you know that's something that i would definitely keep an eye on um and i would
1: uh, yeah, I would on. say I would say this though about that studio. You're absolutely right about people being down on it just because of the studio and the things and the glitches and stuff that was in it. I wouldn't give them that much of a um I wouldn't give them that much of the problem just because they did come out and say that they were kind of hamstrung because they mm-hmm. had lost the licensing to the game, like to the Friday the 13th franchise. And since they lost it, they weren't able to do updates to the game anymore. So anything Mm -hmm. that had to do with them updating the game was pretty much thrown out the window because they lost licensing for it. So hopefully that's not a situation we get with this game um, that they keep licensing for because that's the one thing we all know about licensing an intellectual property like that. You can't make changes to it if you don't have the licensing to do it. That's why we don't get some of... um, That's why we don't get a lot of those Xbox games or Xbox 360 games over to Xbox One. I know a lot of us would love to play NCAA football some more, (laughs) but we can't because of licensing reasons. So um, I I give them a little pass on the, just on that part, but you're absolutely right. People will be looking at this game in that way, just because of the performance issues that Friday the 13th had. Mm
0: -hmm. But. Yeah, I look at the state of play and again, it was it was over before you knew it. Like, I did actually, I mean, it was okay. Um, it It's definitely somewhere in between, like, it's definitely striving to be like a Nintendo Direct, yeah. but it's, it's just too short. Um, and it doesn't really have, like, the personality that you would see in a Nintendo Direct. Um, but I'm here with Centurion I have to agree like medieval looks great I love the colors I'm actually a I'm a big fan of the franchise now that I think about it I I wanted to return and that it has a release date for October 25th I believe it looks good and I think people are gonna be really excited about that moving forward Uh, That new expansion for uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, I saw that. I was like, what initially? And I'm like, oh, it's like in the snow. Is that like another new expansion to like Horizon Zero Dawn? I don't know. And I I thought it looked pretty cool. He got like that giant moose looking thing. I thought it was like, you know, it called the Iceborne. I'm like, oh, so that's the uh, new Canadian DLC. All right. All right. That's cool. (laughs)
2: Um, But yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that
0: myself. Mm-hmm. yeah no that looked pretty cool i'm glad that they're still supporting the game that was a huge hit for capcom i even thought i saw a um a statue for it like i think there's like a, a some kind of a collector's edition for this ex- expansion look pretty cool i'd have to look it up more but i thought i saw that online somewhere uh though there's the final fantasy 7 remake trailer and i I thought it looked pretty decent you know people were wondering hey you know this games in limbo what's going on and I was a lot of people were relieved to see it finally uh, some more gameplay it looked very sweet I liked it um, yeah it's just the problem was the length I mean you had a few Indies there some of them looked all right it's just you don't have enough time to really enjoy things so I in my opinion, I hope that I know that they don't really have much this show, especially they have no E3 show, but,
3: mm.
0: you know, hopefully they can get some more content on their extended, like maybe a 20 minute show half an hour, I think would be a sweet spot. But, you know, they're still like in the infancy of this thing. Maybe they can keep, kick it up a notch. Maybe they're saving some stuff. But moving forward, I do think they could do better. I did like that console, though, that showed off. Uh, Sony's done some pretty good job with their consoles as of late, and I just really like that steel etching console for the days of play. It looked pretty cool to me. I like the look of that. It looks pretty sleek. Um, but moving on, guys, to another topic, uh, this one dealing with a PS4, and it's This was kind of expected news. EA has announced that its subscription game service, EA Access, will be be making its way to the PlayStation 4 platform coming sometime this July. With EA Access, you get Well, access to a library of over 50 plus games for five dollars a month and for the past few years this service has been console exclusive to the xbox platform now guys do you feel that this was a good move by sony to finally allow access to this service it's been four to five years now since this service been active and you know, initially Sony, you know, they weren't really into EA Access. So, wh- how do you guys feel about this? Is this good for the consumer, the gamer? Uh, was this wise for Sony to bring it to their platform finally?
2: I'm gonna uh, say yes and no. Yep. Oh yeah. All right. Continue. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. For no, it, no, no.
1: But... Go ahead. No, I, I, you, the reason you why you go
2: Any pro-consumer thing, obviously, you know, $5 a month, $30 a year to have access to games is awesome. The one thing that I feel that is going to honestly shoot Sony in the foot is backwards compatibility. The library on Xbox is bigger than the library on PlayStation due to that one fact.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true um it's just funny because sony um they initially didn't want to bring it to their platform a few years ago because they didn't see the value to playstation customers and uh what they come to expect themselves (laughs) well supposedly that's what it was they were protecting their service and they kind of looked down upon ea access and now if you look at like this too now sony has you know a few different subscription-based models on their platform, including their very own PlayStation uh, Now service. So it's just interesting that now EA Access is coming, come t- coming to their platform. Gaming Forte, how do you feel about this? Oh,
1: uh, man. So he kind of took the thunder on that one. But I didn't boom. even really think about <laughs> the second part of it because I, I do think it's a good and bad thing, but not for the same reason he did. I. It's more like wow! I didn't even think about that. Library is going to be bigger on three on Xbox just because of the backwards compatibility. That's Cause, true. Cause, yeah. That's true because that's why because that's the biggest difference between PC and um, Xboxes because PC has way more games on Origin Access than they do on EA Access just because of that. And then on top of that, you get to download the full game and play it um, seven days early. Versus just playing the 10 hour demo that you get on Xbox. Um, I think it's a really good idea because Sony, I think this is what Sony likes to do. They like to make a stance in the middle of a generation. Like they did with EA access when they tried to put it on the platform and eat. And Sony said, we don't want it because it competes with our PlayStation now service. And, they felt like they said they, they don't need they said they feel like they know what's right best for their consumers, and I feel like consumers should be able to make their own decisions because it's their money they're spending. So I think this that lets you know how successful it is. If Sony is actually implementing it finally on their system, they finally saw how it impacted, like just sales numbers probably for ea games on xbox and pc versus on their system Uh, they probably saw a a, they probably still saw a dramatic uh amount of uh, people buying games on the system just because they got 90 million out there but compared to what they were probably getting before it probably dipped a little bit just because of the access that people were getting on other systems so i think that's a good thing for them um on the negative side i think it's just the fact that Sony is always talking about they are for the gamer. And the only bad thing I see from this is the fact that I don't want to see another developer or platform holder just catering to catering to and falling to the will of what everybody wants them to do. The biggest problem I had with Xbox back in 2013, and like this is just me, I didn't have a problem with the situation that Microsoft had in 2013. I, I was a person that has internet. I have the ability to play games and be online and stuff like that. Do I feel like they have? Do I feel like they could have worded that and went about it a different way? Yes, I do think they could have did that better. But mm-hmm. I think the Xbox that we, the Xbox, the the what Xbox is trying to be now is what they were going to be in 2013. They just had to literally blow the whole plan up to basically re-ingratiate themselves with fans again because of the out, the outcry that people had about um, the services that they were doing and stuff. Where would Xbox be now if they would have implemented at least half of the things? You know, we have family sharing we didn't have this whole having to make your home Xbox somebody else's home Xbox to be able to share your games. You were able to do digital tradings of your games or the old system. You were able to share your games with your friends that were on your friends list with your old system. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the only negative side I see. And it's not really negative. I just don't want to see developers and publishers just changing to just for change sake. You know um, if you feel like EA access Um, And I think this is a bad excuse because I think it's a service that is for your fans, not for you in general. Um, If it's something that's going to compete against your own platform, then make your platform better than their platform. So people don't even think about the other platform. Um, I just think that, you know, overall it's a, it's a good idea. EA is getting their stuff everywhere. If you like their games, you should definitely want to play them. Um, I think it's been pretty amazing to be able to play these games Ten to ten hours early. Um, I remember Battlefield Four was the first game I took advantage of that on, and I ate up every minute of that ten-hour trial online <laughs> before people bought it. And I was already like level thirty-six before people even got online with the game. It was pretty crazy. So it's a good. It's a good thing. We just need to make sure that we're um, asking the developers and publishers for the right things, so we're not compromising their what the beliefs of what they want to do for their system going forward. Cause I feel like Xbox could be in a lot better place if they didn't feel like they had to change everything over the last six, seven years to get to where we are now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, because I remember being at game. Uh, well, for me, it's EB games here in Canada. And it's funny because I remember going to pre-order the Xbox One, and I I literally had someone at the desk there be like, you know, telling me to hold off from pre-ordering the system just because, you know, oh, you know, you were still finding out more details, blah blah blah. Oh, you know, Microsoft's uh, policies, and or are you sure you don't want a PlayStation Four, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like look, I saw the games that they have on the system. They're going to have Killer Instinct, Rise, yeah. Son of Rome, uh, Dead Rising 3 looked pretty cool, and so on. You know, I could list off other games. But the point was I was interested in that system because of the games. I mean, yeah, I wasn't a fan of some of their policies. Uh, you know, with Some of them, I didn't right. like what Don Matrick was saying. He made some really stupid oh, comments. The
1: stuff about the submarine, that was the most stupidest thing you could ever see in your life. <laughs>
0: like yeah like stuff about the backwards compatible stuff and like oh it it really bit them really hard in the butt yeah, but
1: I, I really really hate like you know when you so when you went into the store to get your system I I really hate when associates and this is being a a person that's in the company and I teach all my associates this you know it everybody has a a console bias I have an Xbox bias and and I tell people that The biggest thing is, it's all about, it's not about your bias, it's about what that person wants in front of you. If they see value in what they're buying, it's not your responsibility to tear them down and say, Oh, why aren't you getting a PlayStation? The PlayStation has all these great games. Well, I mean, the reason I buy an Xbox, it might not just be the games, it might be my friends and stuff. I always tell people, They ask you, Why do you play Xbox? I say, For me, friends are always number one because i have to have people to play with in order to enjoy the system i'm playing games is number two so it's in that order Mm -hmm. i own a playstation because of the games not because of my friends being on the system my friends are all on xbox so that's why i own both but um i always tell people what is important to you is um playing online and Building a friendship and ecosystem online with people, is it—is it for you? Well, it's on both systems, but I think the Xbox does a better job of that. If you want single-player experiences that will knock your socks off, Xbox has some of those, but PlayStation has more, and that would be a better system for you if that's the case. And then you let them make the decision. Don't make it for them. I hate when people make decisions that don't infect them for other people when they're not the ones that's going to have to deal with that decision for five, six years.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's just, it's interesting. Um, Centurion, do you have anything more to add to this?
2: Uh, Gaming Forte, I feel like hit it right, you know, hit it out of the park. Same reason why I have an Xbox. I bought it for the ecosystem. I bought my PlayStation for the games. The ecosystem on Xbox is way more active Mm-hmm. And I enjoy the people that play on there. They definitely create a social network that is one of a kind PlayStation. I do go there for the single player experiences. And, you know, I will stand behind, you know, God, when God of War came out and I saw the, the level of detail and quality that was in that game, I was just like, yes, right here. This is the reason why I own a PlayStation is for these experiences right here.
1: You ain't sitting mm-hmm. no parties on PlayStation playing that game either, did you?
2: No, definitely Dang. not. I Didn't. played that entire game by myself. As a matter of fact, I think I may have fired my Xbox up just to have my headset on, just to chat with my friends while I played it one time.
1: Yep, and that's exactly <laughs> what I did. I, I think of the 50 hours I put in The God of War, probably 12 of it was with people on Xbox party chat. The rest of it was me sitting there engrossed in that ridiculously crazy game.
2: So i enjoyed it that's for sure i was and also i just i enjoyed everything about that game i grew up watching the guy who played kratos on television
1: oh yeah living single Uh,
2: well uh, Well, other shows too yeah i'm a huge sci-fi nerd so i grew up watching stargate sg1 with
1: uh, with the big
2: old gold emblem on his forehead and as soon as i heard christopher yeah teal when i heard christopher (laughs) judge was uh playing kratos i was like get out Christopher Judge is playing Kratos and you know he was actually thinking about hanging up his acting career before he even got offered to be Kratos and it totally changed the way he does acting now because he wants to act if I'm right, he actually wants to do more acting like that because he really oh, wow. enjoyed playing Kratos.
1: Yeah, it was it was uh it was pretty amazing, bro. I matter of fact, now that I think about it, I didn't play the first God of War and my first God of War was God of War 2, then I went back and played the first one until I started watching um, SG-1. And um, I went through all 10 seasons of watching that and then started watching playing God of War. And then to find out he was the voice of Kratos in the new one, I was like, oh my, this is awesome because I can imagine him getting that rage voice and they didn't even really go with it. They went with a more somber, more uh, wiser Kratos, which I didn't expect, but it really paid dividends for that character when you look at it now.
2: Every time he said the word boy, I, for some reason, <laughs> saw Teal uh, talking to his kid in Stargate. I was just like, oh my gosh, yes, it's totally him. And if Indeed. I'm right, he also did the motion capture for Kratos as well you did indeed
1: but it was it was a it's a good thing and, and like i said my highlight of last year was at the game awards when they when they were standing on stage next to each other he said read it boy <laughs>
2: exactly yes <laughs> you know it's funny
0: you guys mentioned uh stargate SG one i really liked that show it had some fantastic episodes the yes. one thing i'll say though it also had some of the crappiest episodes around do you remember that the it. Do you remember the episodes? Because they had always, not always, but like they had some of these like flashback episodes, and I hate flashback they episodes. Have, yeah, they had a, they had a lot of them. Um, not only that, I remember like this really bad episode with like invisible bugs, and I was just like, "Uh, what is going on here?" That but, was the nineties. <laughs> that
1: was the nineties, and that's when P90s were the 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 thing. Because all the I, that's when I first found out that a P90 was a really good gun. Because that's all they used to, <laughs> to run around with with p90s,
2: <laughs> yeah. But so the, the show kind of started going a different direction when they brought the cast of Farscape in. I was like, wow, <laughs> wait a minute! So they closed down one show and they just invade another. How does this work?
1: Yeah, when they started doing um Atlantis, um, mm-hmm.
2: Jason Momoa, man. Yeah. Oh man, I enjoyed watching Jason Momoa in Atlantis, I liked him in Game of Thrones, sure and did. I got excited when they brought him in as Aquaman. I was like, finally. <laughs> This dude is getting the break he deserves. Mm. Yeah.
1: Did you get a chance to watch? Did you guys I know we're completely off topic now? Mm. Did you guys get a chance to watch uh Stargate Universe SGU? Oh
2: mm. my god, I watched that all the way up until. I was the so last sad to see it go fun.
1: off air, man. I was it was getting good.
2: It was oh, yeah, see- from prison break, the guy who played T-bag. All yeah. of a sudden he had a show I was like, heck yeah, this show's going a direction. <laughs>
0: what well, I'll admit, guys, I hadn't watched a single episode of uh Stargate Universe. I did hear some good things toward the end. Apparently, it took a while for it to get into its groove. Yeah. But um hey, you know what? There'll be other Stargate stuff. It's just probably taking some time off. I heard actually that they're supposed to be interested in doing another movie. So I heard
2: rebooting the whole franchise. The guy who want who wrote Stargate wants to reboot the entire franchise and do like a trilogy style movie that reboots down. the entire franchise i'll be down for that
0: absolutely but yeah we're going a little bit off topic here i'm gonna slide right. into another topic hey i love stargate don't get me wrong um but into another ea based topic and it seems like ea believes that they're that having soft launches for games is just the way forward, the way to go. And EA has been moving away from the traditional releases for, well, a little while now and wanting to do purely live service style of, styles of games. And EA CEO Andrew Wilson stated that, as games have gone bigger that that, uh, the system isn't working as well as it has done in years gone by. And that you should expect that we'll start to test things like soft launches, the same things that you'll see in the mobile space right now. Now guys, what's your take on this matter? EA's clearly like set on going down this life service path. We've seen this with games like more recently, Anthem definitely uh and uh what else battlefield five definitely had this aspect to it do you think that this is a mistake going forward or is it smarter them who would like to comment first
1: uh i guess i'll go first um when he says (laughs) when he says soft launch and he said he says mobile mobile so casually in that conversation that scares the hell out of me like they want to take on that type of model. You know, we're talking about a developer that gave us games like dead space and mass effect and dragon age. And just, I mean, even, even Madden, and NBA live, NBA live when it was in his heyday, you know, just listening to how far this company has decided that they want to go down this games as a service route is so scary to me. And then, They say they want to do this whole soft launch thing. I'm sorry you've Mm -hmm. been doing that for a long time now because these games haven't been coming out nowhere near where they needed to be coming out in the beginning. Everything's being broken. We have to download these 50 to 60 gig patches just to get the game to be working when we want to play on it. So I'm just, man, I just hope EA finally opens up one day and just says, Hey, we really, we really hear you and we really want to make a game for the community. It seems like we might be getting that with the Star Wars game. Uh, I don't know how... Um, I mean, I do know how because uh, Vince Sabella is actually on the board of EA and he actually has some type of input into what the company has to say versus what Respawn does. But, you know, hopefully this Star Wars game does so well that they understand that we don't have to have every game be a game's a service because this game won't have any of that stuff in it. Stop with this whole um, mobile, you know, want to be a mobile platform for our games and stuff. And, you know, we understand that that's where the money is. but trust me gamers will buy it on system and really push forward what we can actually do on a system if you make the game affordable and not try to nickel and diamonds for every little thing that's going forward and um that's what ea's been doing to us so hearing this is very troubling but not unexpected
3: Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely and you got games like battlefield 5 and then clearly ea just like they've been shoving them out there, they're not ready, and they put road roadmaps out there. And like you look at Anthem, they just kind of screwed that up completely. They've had to postpone that roadmap. It just isn't looking very good at all. Uh, Centurion, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, how do you like um, the whole games live service going forward? Do you think that's smart of them, or is this just a giant mistake? Then they should just drop back
2: uh i'm definitely gonna go with forte and say it's definitely a mistake last generation ea like um i would have to agree those were some titles that i'll never forget dragon age dead space um mass effect i couldn't stop playing mass effect i'll even say i was actually a fan of mass effect andromeda because i don't to me no game animated character looks right when it's animated yeah they look good but i'm also used to sometimes the system's bugging out and the character's doing crazy things so that really didn't mess with me i just didn't i (laughs) i would have rather had a mass effect 4 that continued the story rather than it being what it was but i still enjoyed the game that was my problem with it my I would have to say that they should have certain titles out there or game as a games as a service like they have almost every sports title on lockdown. So I don't see why they have to have every game they produce be a live service because they have a good amount of them. Their their single player titles when they actually do put in a lot of quality and effort into them, people do enjoy them. But now I'm I'm not surprised that EA is doing this because EA chases dollars. They don't really um, listen too well to their fans anymore, sadly, because, again, they're just worried more about their bottom line most of the time. Um, I actually did a video on that. Um, If if I'm correct about my memory, they've actually shut down like 13 companies since they started buying game companies. So... Yeah. I just really hope that they kind of write the course. Otherwise, you know, I don't game on my cell phone. I'm too busy to game on my cell phone. So I'm never going to get into that kind of a, a business plan as, you know, games as a service because I got a huge backlog. I can't keep playing the same game all year long.
0: And you're absolutely right. And you know, to start comparing the mobile space and the console space, you know, they're they're pretty different. The types of games that people play, different audiences as well. And I really wish they wouldn't try and chase that same model. But it kind of looks like that's a popular thing to do in the industry right now, especially with them. Uh, they really want a nickel and dime from the looks of things, and they're they're not the only publisher that closes down studios but they are probably them they probably have the worst track record of it by far they've closed down some really noteworthy studios uh visceral westwood for example they did the command and conquer games and a whole slew of other ones like it just it's uh when i heard that they bought timefall developer respawn i was like oh no oh no what are you What are you guys doing? Like, I was so worried. And I'm just worried going forward when they talk about this live service stuff of just more incomplete games. Like, stuff is getting rushed out there. Like, um, Gaming Forte was saying and you, uh, Centurion, about Mass Effect Andromeda. It's, uh, you know, like, stuff's just getting shoved out there so that they can meet certain deadlines. And you get all these buggy games. And their their franchises are suffering battlefield 5 didn't meet their expectations anthem didn't meet their expectations and it's just going to continue down that road and the only exception here seems to be star wars jedi fallen order that won't be multiplayer based i'm very curious to see how that does for them uh judging from the initial trailer i am definitely interested in it and i'm interested to see where this goes but i just i really don't like their business model going forward i think it's scary and uh it might work for games like plants versus zombies garden warfare which i do enjoy but i don't want to get nickeled and dimed all the time so i'm just kind of worried with uh where ea is going with this guys um but, you know, we're talking about all this nickel and diming, and now we're going to move on to some something really noteworthy, some noteworthy news. And a U.S. senator has recently announced an intention to introduce a bill with the purpose of banning predatory monetization practices in gaming, namely loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransaction schemes. Now, the bill is called the, I think this is a working title, the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act. And you can tell it is aimed at protecting minors from predatory monetized manipulation schemes and practices and to halt pay-to-win, especially in competitive game environments. Now, fellas obviously this is it's a very bloated topic to say the least and to get into but it's also very uh it's a very relevant topic in today's gaming world especially with what we were uh, just previously talking about now what are your like basic thoughts on microtransaction these days and do you believe that that government should step in here and maybe try and regulate this uh gaming forte we'll start with you what are your
1: thoughts um, I mean, this is the problem. Once you start letting the government start dibble-dabbling in stuff like gaming and just the way that people consume their media, it, 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 it just goes nothing but downhill from there. You know, the next thing you know, they'll start implementing ways about how DLC is implemented and having to make sure that it was all done at the purchase versus having to do it all over time. It it just opens up a slippery slope. I mean, I think something has to be done in general when it comes to like minors of youth that actually play these games. Fortnite is the biggest game in the world and it, it only takes a credit card on the system to be able to just purchase all of this stuff in loot boxes and loot llamas is what they call them in that. So when it comes to our youth, it's the biggest problem. Um, uh, people saying that their kids go on there and just spend 50, 60, hundred, $200 on these, 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 um, loot boxes that allow you to have a chance to get an item you want. And it's very, very predatorial. Um, in the hands of like people like us, I don't think it's that bad because in mass effect, uh, Andromeda, I play the online and I ain't gonna lie. I put like $60 worth of, um, money into the game because i wanted to get some certain stuff for the multiplayer for the um, co-op part of it which i really enjoy and i did it in in um, part three too um but i just think when it just comes to the youth is where the government wants to step in they don't want to have a situation Mm -hmm. where people that are growing up now set a standard later Because because that's where we're sitting at now, you know. All of these games that are being made now are really um, geared towards the youth of America and the youth of the world. And if they grow up with this being the pattern that's going to go on throughout the rest of their teenage adult life what's the next generation going to look like so that's where the government probably wants to step in and do some type of regulations to let them know like hey this is okay but there's some guidelines that have to be in place for you to do it and um i think that's probably a good thing but like i said you you put the government in charge of certain things it can get worse not better
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's difficult because Honestly, I believe people should have choice in the, in these matters that more options are usually a good thing in my opinion, but you know, that's from an adult's point of view, right? Right. When a kid gets in, involved in these things, that's where things kind of go south. And I'll be honest with you, I just, I don't trust big government to be competent enough to deliver something sound to address this mm-hmm. because when you hear government try and like you know let's say get involved with internet for example like some of them don't even know what the heck they're talking about so i'd be scared once they got into the gaming sphere um i've heard some comments about from these senators from these people in office some of them do sound somewhat competent but it's hard to say um there have been european european rulings on the matter and they've banned loot boxes completely places like belgium recently and the netherlands and companies like ea have and psionics actually have had to develop ways around that and take out loot boxes completely so it's it's very interesting um centurion what are your thoughts on this about the whole microtransaction thing with the u.s government maybe getting involved Uh, how do you feel about this
2: I'm with you guys. You give the government an inch, they could potentially take a mile. Yep. But one -hmm. thing I want to put into point is I was walking out of the store today and I happened to glance over and see a crane game. There's kids' toys in those things and they are geared to get children who want to put their quarters in that machine to take a gamble to see if they could win the prize inside that machine. So what makes that machine any different than loot boxes in games, I just feel like this is a very targeted thing because they see other countries doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes down to, obviously, responsibility on parents. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you should... Like, I've watched a couple of the videos on YouTube of some kid stealing his, kid's, uh, his parents' credit card and they go spend $200 on Fortnite. I would have completely took my kid's Xbox away probably for the next year if they ever thought about doing something like that. Um, so it it definitely, you can't, you know, there is a certain degree of responsibility. Like I was reading the article last night and it even quoted saying that, uh, basically and kids who play the games designed for adults, they should be walled off for, from compulsive microtransactions. How do you create Mm -hmm. that wall? You know, isn't there parental controls already in place? So how Mm -hmm. do you determine whether or not a developer is guilty of not putting in enough walls to stop a child from doing that. And yeah, that's
0: true. And uh, kids are just going to find ways to, you know, get onto their parents' account as well or, you know, it's very easy to rack up a whole bunch of money on somebody's credit card. Actually, it's uh, interesting. I remember a story a couple of years ago a kid in around my area uh, it was in the news that he racked up something like $5,000 worth of money on FIFA Ultimate Team, something like that. Five thousand. Now, I think EA did eventually, like they, you know, refunded the money back. Um, I'm not sure if just because the news got onto it or if it was right. kindness of their heart. <laughs> Although I, I kind of believe the latter, but the yeah. or you know, with the news, but uh, it does. It's very interesting when you get into that, though, because there is that, you know, kids can abuse it. And I don't want to badmouth kids, but at the same time, it's like, you know, is it, you know, do parents
1: have to do a better job at policing this? Uh, I think they do, mostly because, like, like, I I have two girls. My youngest daughter, anytime she does something wrong when it comes to, um, like, she'll... She broke one of, she broke my elite controller, matter of fact. She oh, broke my elite ow. controller. She was she is playing with it. And um she spilled water on it. And it was it, 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 it was sticky. So it was like Kool-Aid. And I opened it up and it was just, I could just could never get it cleaned again. And I told her, I was like, I'm gonna take this to the store and I'm gonna trade it in and get another one. But guess what? Because I had a warranty on it. So there was no skin off my back. But I said the amount of the money that I paid to get another warranty, because I had to buy a new warranty, which was like 30 bucks. I'm taking that out of your um your um Roblox funds. I used to give my daughter Roblox every week for uh, every other week, uh, 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. And I told her, I was like, so you're not getting Roblox for the next month and a half. And she was like, why? I said, because you broke something that's not yours. And in order for that to have in order you to get money, you have to like learn that you can't do stuff like this. And when they want to buy things like microtransactions on the store, I asked them, what are you buying with it? Don't just spend all your money just to spend your money because you have it. Why are you buying what you're buying? And um, they do really well with that. But if you don't police it early and make them feel like money and objects are something that you should trap chairs, then they're just going to do it because they're right now they're young. They don't even the money you're giving them. They're not working for it. They're not earning it. They're doing stuff like, hey give me money to do this and most parents are just saying hey here's the here's my here let me put my credit card on the system so you can leave me alone because that's what's happening in our society now people are doing more letting their kids run their own lives versus you running your kid's life and mm-hmm. uh, it starts there and as long as we keep doing that we're always going to have this problem
3: mm-hmm.
2: absolutely I, I saw a video recently it was an article like that showed that this lady had brought her two kids into i don't know where they are at they're in some kind of office building and there was a statue in the corner that apparently cost over a hundred thousand dollars to create this statue when you watch the surveillance camera footage of these kids running around for starters you feel like they're at mcdonald's playland just having a blast this chick is Mm -hmm. just sitting on her phone not caring totally just like oh just let them do whatever they want well they knocked this hundred thousand dollar statue over and the business decided to take her to court for the repairs of the statue. And she flat out tried to say that it was the business's fault because they did not have any barriers to prevent people from messing with the statue. And I just thought to myself, I was like, well, heaven forbid you ever take your kids to a zoo or a museum because, you know, you got to be able to keep your eyes on them. You know, they are your responsibility. You just can't expect the world to do your job as a parent for you.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I mean, that's interesting too. Yeah, I mean, parental responsibility definitely comes into play here. But I'll be honest, guys, I like I personally have kind of a disdain, like a problem with just the chance systems just in general. Just not knowing exactly what you get. I miss the whole like you know, just unlock system, the progression of it all. Uh, I guess I'm kind of old school that way, but to me, it was just more rewarding that way. Like I'll give you an example: uh, Halo Five. And while it's not the biggest offender here uh, with the Rex system, it just turned me off in a lot of ways. Like you can't just unlock armor and emblems like the old way anymore, and you are just forced into just a guessing system where okay, you got some wrecks that uh, you were in through points, and you buy some wrecks and just okay, you get a few of this, a few of that, but, like, I don't know. I I just kind of miss, like, you know, how many times does it take, you know, to get what you really want, you know? I just kind of – I'm not getting rewarded the way that I want to. I don't know if that sounds greedy in any way. It's just I kind of miss the old-school kind of uh, progression systems, if you know what I mean.
2: No, Uh, I'm right there with you. I believe if you want to – yeah, I – obviously play the game get yourself some points up and buy the things you want i'm not a big fan of loot boxes purely because i hate that chance and every time i get a loot box i never really get the item i want i would rather just have the ability to either earn the item i want or just outright purchase it for like a couple bucks i shouldn't have to treat it like a slot machine
0: Mm mm-hmm absolutely well interesting thoughts on that guys i mean obviously it's kind of a inflated issue to say the least um Again, I don't really trust when any government gets involved with this kind of stuff. They could end up making things worse more than better. But hey, we'll see where this takes us. Who knows, it could fall flat. But the industry to me does need to do a better job at, you know, calming down on the whole microtransaction thing. But moving on here, and recently it was spotted a patent that incorporates a braille panel into the Xbox Elite wireless controller. Another thing for your kid to throw around uh, gaming forte. (laughs) And, And it seems to just adjust itself so that gamers who are visually impaired can read text through the back of the controller. Also the pen suggests that the controller will also be able to convert speech to braille, which is pretty cool, allowing people to communicate chat or when they're live streaming like that's really interesting to me some cool the tech there so yeah this is just very like it's a very interesting adaptation and it just goes with like microsoft trying to make games more accessible to people to all people now guys how do you feel about this patent do you like that microsoft is taking more measures to get everyone involved in games
1: uh i do because um the adapter controller um is something that was a great idea by microsoft And that type of controller that gives a person just different ways of inputting with the game. Um, The patent on this looks more like a traditional controller, but it gives you the ability, like you said, to be able to touch sensitive, feel exactly what you were doing in the game. And I think that's an amazing More The more people that can play in this awesome community and this awesome thing we call gaming, the better, you know. I people always complain about their kids and say, "Hey, go outside, go do this, go do that." Well, some people don't have that option. Some people are pretty much trapped in themselves, and all they got is just the environment that's around them because they have different disabilities that don't allow them to do the things that normal kids do do, or just not be able to function the way they used to be able to function. You know, the more we can get people back to feeling like they used to feel is always a plus so microsoft doing this i don't care if it's like a billion dollars in r d this is something if you have the ability to make a difference in the world and in the world they occupy is gaming and tech this is always going to be a good move and i salute them for doing that Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely it's i just find it interesting that microsoft is the one that is leading the charge here not like some kind of a third party in a lot of ways uh, microsoft's taking the charge i was really surprised when they announced the uh adaptive controller a year ago and i thought it was brilliant in my opinion and a lot of people really welcomed that it was a nice uh change to see like one of the big three uh publishers the big three console makers just take charge of that and just really give people you know get people excited uh people who didn't have the ability to uh play like other people and now it's just getting them more involved in gaming and make it easier for them to like play with the rest of us uh
1: the one thing i will share with you on this um at GameStop, uh, we go to a yearly summit where all the store managers get together. We get a chance to see all the upcoming games for like the rest of Q4 through the holidays and going through next year. And uh we do that this year in August. So la- so the year that the elite co- not the elite controller, the adapter controller released, we were the first people to get a look at it. It's like it was been rumors in the community that Microsoft was doing some type of disabled um controller. We saw like some mock-ups and SKUs, which actually ended up being true, but uh we were the first ones to see the trailer that they showed to um Everybody um in the world basically we saw it at our conference on why Microsoft was on stage because GameStop was one of the places I think it was actually the only place you'd get it for, other than ordering it on Microsoft's website. And um just seeing people's raw emotion that were in the crowd that day, there's like over six thousand people in this crowd, and just hearing people like whimper because some people have family members that really loved gaming and couldn't do it was really genuine it was like the like you never really know how genuine people feel about something until you see it the first time like you their first time interacting with it and um that was a really cool thing and it really was something that i took note of back in 2017 when they finally brought this out.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was, that's very interesting, uh, Gaming Forte. Uh, Centurion, uh, what are your deep thoughts on this? Uh, do you like this?
2: Oh, I love it. It's going in with the Microsoft Matra. If you notice, when they talk about all the Xboxes and the ecosystem in general, they call it a family. And mm-hmm. what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to make this family bigger, and they don't want people with limitations to be excluded from this family and I really like the direction that they're taking this. And they're rather than trying to figure out, you know, how to make better games. And like we were talking earlier, they're trying to figure out a way to evolve gaming outside of just better graphics, better hardware. They're wanting to increase the amount of people that play games. That's why they go around saying 2 billion by 2020. Because they want to have that many gamers they want to have that many people in the ecosystem as a giant family So that way everybody can enjoy the products that they're putting out
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely um no it's a good it's definitely a good move by, by microsoft i'm glad they're doing more uh who knows when we'll see this announced it could be soon it could be six months from now but hey you know what i'd welcome anything just to get more people involved playing the games as i think it's a good move it's a smart strategy for them as well it brings more customers and uh, honestly it's just more people into gaming which you know how can you not like fault that right but uh, yeah, moving on, guys, to another hot topic. But before we get to the topics, I'm just going to take a look in the chat. Uh, we got the indie gamer here, Siberia. Thank you for joining us. But I see you've been very chatty in the uh, the chat. Uh, we got Stagger Lee here. Stagger, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining, man. We had Stick Figure here, a former guest. Uh, he's just hanging down under. Uh, superstonic sta- uh, station there Yoshida Mr Yoshida station how's things going on the PlayStation side my friend <laughs> just kidding bud just kidding thanks for joining us we got a very lively chat thank you for joining in guys we'll continue on with our topics next we're gonna move along and in a very recent interview platinum games asushi Inaba made comments about canceled game scalebound in Microsoft now he's saying that doesn't want microsoft to take the blame for the cancellation and that mistakes were made on both sides quote i think there are areas where we could have done better and i'm sure there are areas that microsoft as a publishing partner wish that they could have done a lot better because nobody wants a game to be cancelled He also went on to say that they didn't do They didn't do a lot of the things that they needed to with as a developer, and that's Platinum he's speaking about. Now, clearly, Scalebound is a canceled game that will never leave the news. It always seems to be popping up every couple of months. We've covered it on this show Uh, about a month or so ago too with some news that popped up and microsoft canceled this game a couple of years ago and they took a brunt of the criticism now guys how do you feel about these comments coming from platinum games now should we have heard these comments coming from them before like a couple of years ago when microsoft was taking like the full uh, brunt and the bulk of the criticism uh we'll start with you centurion what's your thoughts on this
2: yeah they should have probably came out and made these comments earlier purely because you know look at the company that microsoft is they don't really come off as a company that just goes around canceling games because they feel like it they ought to have an obvious reason but i do also have to agree with them in saying that both sides failed um obviously microsoft we do know that they allow a large amount of freedom with their developers and maybe those freedoms went a little too far and maybe they weren't checking in enough but also at the same time platinum games probably took advantage of those freedoms and mm-hmm. dropped the ball a few times and we all see the end result and what happened
0: hmm. Absolutely. I've heard some stuff, too, on the side. Uh, you know, apparently, you know, it was a very weird thing that happened when the game got canceled. I mean, games get canceled all the time, but I don't know. There was always a weird vibe about what happened to this game. Me personally, I was really actually looking forward to it. Heck, I even had bought some merchandise from the official Microsoft store back in the day, along with Quantum Break. But at least Quantum Break came out. But yeah, so I have some... I guess you could say some collector's items. <laughs> got you um, some gems. I do, I do. I got some uh, scale-bound gummies, like some uh, jelly beans, I guess you could say. I got a keychain, a t-shirt, and ah, some other stuff. But I was I, I was really looking forward to this game. I like the concept of it. Um, yeah. I'll admit, like, it definitely needed a lot of work at the time when they were showing it. But I just... I. I got really interested in the world and the combat and just, you know what they were talking about. And it seemed like, yeah, I was going to go somewhere and then all of a sudden it gets canceled. Um, so yeah, I was upset about that. Uh, gaming forte. What are your thoughts on this? Should they have made these comments a lot sooner?
1: (laughs) I have a really good, interesting take on this. So, so, first of all yes i agree they should have said this earlier but why are they saying it now why is this something that is being talked about now well i have a this is just out no inside information don't know if this is true what's happening in the next 30 days
0: uh well let's see here what
1: event is coming up in 30 days
0: uh father's day e3 Oh no way! <laughs>
1: <laughs> e three is just over third, just under thirty days away. What is Microsoft rumored to be doing at E three other than talking about games and systems, talking ah. about the publishers that they're supposed to be purchasing?
0: Mm-hmm. So that's correct. A
1: lot of people were thinking that the it was real a rocky relationship between Platinum and Xbox. So if if that was the case, why would you come out and say anything like this about Xbox and the good life saying we, we felt bad and hurt because we didn't like seeing Microsoft taking the brunt of the iron from the community? Why would you come out and say that unless you were probably going to become part of Microsoft in the near future maybe you want to let maybe you're trying to get ahead of some of the backlash like people saying like well why didn't you come to the microsoft's defense earlier if you was if you didn't have a problem with them on top of that platinum does a lot of games for nintendo we know microsoft doesn't have a problem putting their games on nintendo platforms when it comes to that switch they already got two of them over there with a possible third one coming up soon so it wouldn't be against um, belief that Microsoft might partner with Nintendo, and some and a lot of the games that published by Platinum will be on both systems, and they might become part of the new game studios for Xbox. So it's pretty interesting that this is happening, but just on the ground level. I think mm-hmm. this is shitty because if this if it doesn't happen like I just said, you basically just let people beat down on Microsoft about a game that you said there was false all the way around and you said nothing about it.
0: Mhm. It is interesting um because I remember uh, I think it was the game's director uh Kamea the uh, creator behind Bayonetta. Um he was it was interesting because like right off the bat he wasn't uh defensive against Microsoft. He was just heartbroken that the game, you know, it stalled. Apparently people had to take a lot of sick leaves because of this game, what was going on in the studio. There was a lot of stress. Um, not that, that, I mean, that happens across the industry, unfortunately, but there was a lot of issues going forward. There, there was a lot of stuff just wasn't going right. And I have heard, some rumblings that microsoft is interested in buying a japanese developer Mm -hmm. so that would be interesting if it was platinum and platinum to be honest with you i mean it is a stretch but it i could see them being potential just because they do make interesting action-oriented games that do do well in the west like bayonetta uh to name a few uh, yeah, Bayonetta, and uh, and they have a lot of interesting action games like Metal, Metal Gear Rising. Mm-hmm. I just I, I wouldn't put it past them to not this be is the
1: one thing that people have. This is the one problem Platinum has. Platinum likes to stretch themselves way too thin when it comes to all the projects they have. They were making near automata at the same time they were doing scale bound. I think mm-hmm. the the amount of time they put it to near and near being the game that pretty much saved that company, they even came out and said it. That game being so good let you know that that's where probably the confliction between how they were treating Microsoft's game with Scalebound and how Sony was being treated with their game. Uh, I think if Microsoft did get them under the umbrella, they can streamline them a lot. They can give them a little bit more funding, but they can also give them peace of mind and knowing that you don't have to be stretched so thin to make ends meet because we're going to support you to make one game or two games at a time versus the six games they try to make every every generation at one time.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah it
0: is interesting um like just uh, platinum as a studio i do think they are a very talented studio i do like a lot of their stuff uh they got that game astral chain coming out for nintendo yeah, for uh to me i i find that very appealing and i do think that they could do stuff with proper funding uh, it does sound like they're in better uh, spirits with Microsoft. And you have to remember when this happened with uh, Scalebound originally, it was when they, they were cutting costs across the board. Yeah, That was a couple of years ago. And now it's a much different environment. Now they're buying studios. They're funding games, apparently. Uh, they're getting involved with other projects i mean i don't want to be super hyperbolic here but i mean i wouldn't put it out of the realm of them to you know uh, get on better terms with platinum and vice versa platinum with microsoft and hey you never know right maybe they're maybe they're uh maybe something could be working out for e3 but who knows centurion how do you feel about this bud about these comments uh what's your take
2: I was wanting to say this has got the gears turning in my head when i first read this statement i was like they're making face for some reason and i feel like forte just kind of aligned the stars for me because i am i have to agree with them when you really think about it like why else would you want to release just a just a random out of the blue statement all of a sudden you're obviously wanting to clear the air with xbox and i couldn't see any other reason why than to like forte said they're probably going to be acquired by xbox and if they weren't then why did you do it this far out
3: Mm -hmm. yeah no that's
0: fair um it does get the ball rolling you know the wheels churning in the head like it it does make me very curious when this statement does come out again we're like under a month away from uh well, f- from the E three now. For
1: Father's Day. Oh, definitely, <laughs> Father's
0: day. Day, Yeah, definitely. That's a big day, you know. Uh you're gonna get some good stuff then. Hopefully you get treated very well. You know, I gave
1: back everything I gave to my wife today. <laughs> that's what basically happens give take
0: well hey we all know you never get
1: back in return what you give out (laughs) exactly
0: but yeah no it's very interesting these statements though and uh, i do look i'm really looking forward to e3 we i am expecting there to be one or two studio acquisitions um whether it's platinum or not we'll see but i would love to see scalebound come back in some form i know i know some people are tired of hearing it but it's just one of those games for me that i was invested in and i would love to see it come back
1: (laughs) well guess what um everybody make sure you save this podcast as a watch later so we could come back in 30 days and go off the prediction that they are going to acquire Platinum Games. <laughs> we, we, we we came up with it here. We broke it here first, 30 days before it actually happened.
0: All right, all right. No, good thoughts, guys, good thoughts. Moving along, probably to our last topic of the evening, and it's a very interesting one at that. Um, recently at a conference conference, Reboot Develop Remedy CEO Tero Vertala talked about new opportunities for AAA indie developers and that the next few years will be a golden era for them. Now, this article, I think it was in Game Industry Biz, it's very lengthy and quite an informative read to say the least about the industry and Remedy. But it was very interesting, this segment, when they talk about single-player games, saying that now with the success of many Sony games that the, and the success of Ubisoft has shown that what we are seeing with single-player games, that they are stronger than they've ever been. And that when they were discussing with publishers three years ago, uh, many were doubtful about the future of, like, blockbuster AAA single-player games and now games like God of War and Spider-Man have been very profitable so it's kind of been showing them the way now guys how do you feel about these comments coming from Remedy do you still do you guys still have faith in single-player focused games do you think that they're still viable to this day and I'll start with uh, Centurion do you still believe that single-player games have that they still play a big role in the industry?
2: Sorry, I was muted. My bad. I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Sorry about that. All right. I do believe that single-player games have definitely a firm place in the gaming community because, gosh, I'll just be upfront with it. I know a lot of people who are total introverts, and the thought of playing online games – is very intimidating to them. So no matter what, when you have a group of people that isn't really wanting to use the online infrastructure, you're going to have a place for single-player games. Um, and like you said, we saw it with Spider-Man, God of War, you know, PlayStation is definitely setting the bar for single-player experiences. As a matter of fact, when I'm done with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'm going to go out and get Days Gone. Um, I definitely do agree with what remedy is saying but at the same time i feel like maybe this is my opinion i'm not too happy with what remedy is doing on how they have completely gated off pretty much all the extra content for control um from the xbox ecosystem and putting it all on playstation and, and i don't know if that's because maybe xbox and them are angry at each other but that's where you know i was looking forward to control and then I found out that they were going to pretty much push everything on the PlayStation. And we were just going to get a very, very base game from them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that with uh, regards to control. Actually, we had talked about that on the show a few weeks ago about the uh, the segmenting of the, uh, the DLC and early access. And they had like this chart and Xbox wasn't going to get like a certain mission and other goodies. And I just I never like it when that stuff kind of works out that way. But of course, that's more of a publisher thing. Uh, Remedy didn't really have much control in that matter, supposedly with more 505 games and then Sony kind of uh, played a role there as, as to get content. But yeah, you know what? I honestly, single player games are not going anywhere. I don't think, I do think that there's a giant temptation for developers to go into again with, well, with what EA is doing with uh, trying to monetize every little thing. But thankfully, Remedy are kind of, Staying true to their core and what they're doing. Uh, Gaming Forte, how do you feel about these statements coming out of Remedy? Uh, Does it comfort you in some ways that they're still sticking to single player types of games? And uh, how do you feel about single player games? Do you you think that they're going to be still around in the near future?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Last year we just came off some of the best single player games that's ever came out, especially in this generation. Mm-hmm. I still think Witcher 3 is one of the best games I've ever played in my life. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is by far my favorite game that I've ever played in my life, and Cyberpunk 2077 looks like it's going to shape up to be one of the best games that came out um at during this generation if it makes it through this generation, which I think it will. Um I am one of, I know a lot of people give Remedy crap um they a lot of people didn't really too much care for quantum break i loved quantum break i i loved it i loved it i uh, was very enthralled in that game it was one of the very feels like one of the games i actually took advantage of the play anywhere where i played it across platform and stuff did you watch the show I did. I watched the show as I was playing through the game and I really love how they implemented your like how your decisions in the game really dictated the part of the shows you would see. And it made me go through the game multiple times just to see every part of the game. Uh, So I really enjoyed that. And Control just looks like a Quantum Break reboot at this point with a female protagonist. But Mm -hmm. um, I do understand how people feel about dlc and um how it's how it seems like they're really favoring playstation when it comes to that sometimes i don't i think we think a little bit too much into it because well they used to be a developer that used to make stuff for playstation but now they do it for i mean for xbox now though they got exclusive content for playstation what about xbox well i can understand it if microsoft was the market leader this generation and that was happening but playstation is so playstation can throw around a lot of weight and get pretty much whatever they want out of a developer Mm -hmm. me being a destiny fan i know this oh too well there is still game content that i have not been able to play because i play destiny on xbox and pc and not on playstation i own it on playstation but i refuse to go through that grind on three different systems versus the two (laughs) i do it on now so um And who knows if that's ever going to change. I can hope when Destiny's new DLC comes out, now that they're under the finger of Activision, um, and um, and like you just say, these marketing deals are driven by the publisher, not the developer. um, And Bungie has every right to refuse any type of things like that, not because they're on their own. Um, When it comes to um, Remedy, though, what kind of deal does... um, 505 has set with them for this DLC is the biggest thing. Um, I think we really overlook those type of parts of the deal. Does it suck? I don't think anybody really likes um, in-game content, especially when it doesn't benefit them. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you this. I think Microsoft was at its best When they did have third-party deals like this, Call of Duty being exclusive for 30 days to the platform versus PlayStation having it. Think about all the people that left and went over to PlayStation just because of that one deal itself. And that kind of permeated throughout the whole generation because Sony has the power right now. So I really don't blame developers for doing this. I really don't blame um, Sony for doing it in general. They have the power. Use it. Um, But Overall, I wish they never happened, but I can understand the business practice behind it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's very tempting for devs. You know, uh, for example, Remedy was working for Microsoft exclusively for uh, on their games for a while. And then yeah. it's like you see the install based on the PlayStation, and it's like. Well, it's hard to really blame them for wanting to become multi-platform, right? And uh, again and again, when it comes to all these deals it's it's more on the publisher side again, five o five had a lot to say with regards to all this content being splintered off. uh so you know it's unfortunate. I don't like it personally. Control does seem like a title that I would enjoy, so i am still I am still getting it mm-hmm but we'll see. Uh, Centurion, do you have anything more uh, to add to that, or are you good?
2: No, I actually, if you don't mind, I just wanted to point out that all the rumblings about timed exclusive content for well, like Rise of the Tomb Raider, I remember when I bought that on Xbox, I was getting dirty looks from people with PlayStations. Um, also, just all the rumblings about the splintering of the DLC and how PlayStation has made it um all its sales this year from obviously all the multi-plats are online based but most of sony's exclusives are single player experiences and you look at the sales numbers between xbox and playstation it speaks for itself that people are extremely thirsty for single player experiences and when they see one company get a better experience over another company yeah. everybody starts rumbling about it
3: mm-hmm.
0: no you make a good point there for sure um let's see just going into the chat here oh welcome uh mark j pones thank you for joining in listening to the show irrelevant native thank you very much for joining my friend born distracted how are you doing the chat is very lively here oh jago Kukin, how are you doing bud i see uh you stop watching game of thrones thank you for tuning in yeah, my wife was screaming in the background <laughs> half the show so <laughs> i gotta go watch this as soon as it's over uh, don't you worry we're, we'll almost be done here peter young thank you very much we got lots of wonderful people in here thank you for joining in guys uh mr kima lots of the usual suspects thank you for joining and we're getting towards the end of the show guys and what i'm gonna ask you now is what you've been playing recently like in the past week or two uh let's see gaming forte what have you been enjoying what have you been enjoying on the console what have you been addicted to this past week
1: all right, so addiction notice. I've been pretty much addicted to. I've been playing a lot of Division. Been addicted to that. Mortal Kombat 11. Me and my daughter have been going head to head in that game. Uh, game Pass is a great thing because Mortal Kombat XL is available on there. She was playing on my Xbox account for about a good two months, and. Learned every fatality, went through the story mission with every character. So if you look at my Xbox account, you see Mortal Kombat achievements. They weren't from me. They were from her. And um, she completely dominates in that game online now. So she wanted me to get Mortal Kombat 11 for her, which I did. And um, she royally beats my <laughs> – Jesus Christ. She beats the crap out of me in that game now. It's not even fun. We have, like, a really big rivalry. My daughter is only 15. And um, she's really good at the game. So been playing that. So family time is always a must around that. But the biggest thing is I love Destiny. I kind of took a break from it, but then they came out with this new quest that just released this week and they sucked me back in. Good old Bungie. Everybody knows how Bungie's marketing can really get you back into their games. We all remember how Halo was and uh, I can't get away from Destiny. So that's the, that's, those are pretty much the predominant things outside of just trying to get through the massive backlog I created over five years. This generation,
0: <laughs> yeah, you got a bit of an addiction there, you know, with the whole destiny thing. Geez, uh, it's
1: it's a, it's it's I looked up my stats and um, it's pretty bad. Like Xbox shows, I played over 7,000 hours of destiny, but in truth, it's mostly it's like around 4,000. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 bad. It's I won't if anybody asks me what my favorite game ever, they'll probably be shocked if I don't say destiny, which destiny's not even in my top 10. Destiny's just a it's a it's an addiction, it's a problem. I address that it's a problem, and I understand that, but it's it's only a problem because other games like Master Chief Collection weren't good when it first came out in it, and I needed my fix. <laughs> and and destiny ended up being that fix. So, uh, at this point, man, I just roll with it and enjoy the game. Asha Luca, I got her addicted to the game. She does nothing but play it. And, um, <laughs> and she used to hate the game. So, you know, don't, don't jump into the bed with Bungie because we all know what they can do for you, do to you if you allow them. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. and oh, well hey it's true i well i'll admit i i didn't get hooked onto destiny like a lot of others but that's fine um i'm just an old school halo fan i love my halo and uh old school bungee you know going back to those days uh oh man I you those know memories. all the memories you know all the online antics and the story too the old campaign you know doing co-op with friends and stuff i just yeah. uh uh just brings back the memories. There's just something about a bungee game. I don't know if it's just me and being nostalgic, but I just uh, you know, thinking back to Halo 2. 30 Halo seconds 3.
1: of fun, man. When they said that and those ViDocs back then, it really meant something. And I think that's something that we lost this generation. Like we still got games that give it to us, but the overall arc of what a game should be, we talk more about the we talk more about how the game looks and you know, trying to say what game looks better on what system versus just how does the game play? Do you like the game? Is the game for you? You know, watching, I enjoyed Crackdown 3. I beat the campaign. I did everything in the game. I got all the agility orbs. I enjoyed it. But you would think if you told a person that, you would think that <laughs> you would think you committed murder in this community by saying you like Crackdown 3. So it's mean, <laughs> just, just, just worry about what you like don't worry about everybody else it's fun to go back and forth on twitter people only when you only when you know it's just in good fun but some people take this stuff way too serious
0: exactly and for the record i did enjoy crackdown 3 i thought it was all right you know um for what it was yeah it was yeah, a crackdown game. i thought it was a you know pretty decent you know um sandbox game uh yeah, I thought people gave it a bad rep for the, uh, like, kind of cartoony graphics, but that's Crackdown, you know, and I, I really like the weapons, and I, I thought I, I had a fun time with it. I just, I don't know,
1: ma-
3: I,
0: I would Terry like...
1: Cruise, to- what, Terry Crews made that game. If you didn't play as Terry Crews, you did yourself a disservice. Mm. <laughs> well,
0: I'll say this, like, it didn't, like, set the world up fire, but, you know, I thought it was all right. Um yep. Centurion what have you been playing the past week? Uh, Have you gone to game recently? What uh, kind of addictions have you had the past week?
2: No, I game all the time and also just for the record. I enjoyed Crackdown 3 (laughs) and uh, But no what I've been playing uh, very heavily is Assassin's Creed Odyssey Um, I bought that game when it first came out and I bricked my Xbox X I blew the hard drive out of it like literally the day I got the game So it's been sitting in my backlog until a few weeks ago, and I've been trying to play the game. And that game is like almost a second job with how much content there is in it. Um, But when I'm not playing Assassin's Creed, I'm gaming with my friends on World War Z. Um, I'm totally addicted to how that game works. It definitely, like Forte said, he's playing The Division 2. I'm playing The Division 2, and for some reason, it just reminds me of The Division 2 just with Zombies. Um I'm definitely having a blast playing it. Those are pretty much the two games I play mostly right now, but I am looking forward to Rage 2 on Tuesday and yeah. you know, call me a fraud whatever you want to say, but I do play ESO. I have tons of hours put in ESO <laughs> and I'm looking forward to their expansion next month. Um, I've been, my friends sucked me into it a few years ago and I've been kind of keeping up with it ever since.
1: Yeah. So ESO is your, is, is your destiny for me. You know, you know what it's like to get sucked into a game that never ends.
2: Oh God. Yeah. Like I've, (laughs) there, there is no end in sight in that game. And every time you think you're getting close to doing something that's going to make you put the game away for a little while, all of a sudden something else happens and it sucks you right back in. Yeah.
0: absolutely. Now, as far as what I've been playing, um, I just came off of uh, playing Ace Combat 7. And after being that, I just I've just been kind of dabbling in some Game Pass games. Uh, I play a little bit of grip the other day, a racing game. Eh, It's all right. Kind of arcadey, kind of like it. Um, And also um, side scrolling platform game Shantae. Uh, half genie hero. I just wanted to try something different, something colorful. And you know, what? it's kind of quirky. I like it. It's got a pretty cool soundtrack as well. I think I'm going to continue playing that. But just a warning, guys, uh, it gets a little harder as you uh, get further in. I mean, you could say that about all games, but has some interesting platforming so hey check it out if you want something quirky um but yeah i've just been going through the game pass games a lot now and just realizing the value that's in there i want to try vampires soon but you know i also gotta work on my backlog too you know like everybody else i have a few games that i need to whittle through like kingdom come deliverance man (laughs) that backlog is real
1: But don't do what um, I did by separate your games by year. They came out in your backlog. (laughs) I have a backlog. I have a backlog for every year. And I was like, backlog for 2013, 14, 15. It's like, I got like, I own like over 800 games just because I work at, you know, working in the, in the video game space, you kind of get a lot of games, but man, that backlog is ridiculous. Like I, I just got through. Most of my 2015 backlog, and I still got most of 17 and 18. Wow, I got yeah.
2: signed 2 in my backlog, and now it's on Game Pass. <laughs> oh dude, <laughs> no, talk talk
1: talk 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 to talk, man. How many get like have you ever got the feeling that you bought a game that's in your backlog and then it hits like it hits get you you feel like this game's gonna hit game pass and you kind of don't want to
2: buy it? Uh I love owning my games. I don't know I why. I do too. I just, I'm, out of, the... I'm out of that fear of like, because I know games come and go in Game Pass, but still it does kind of make you like, oh man, if I would have waited till now, I could have played that on Game Pass. <laughs> well,
0: you know, like it vampire. just kind of. Uh, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to accept it, right? You know, regardless. It's kind of like, you know, the chances of certain games heading into it, you, you're never going to know, right? Ahead of time, so it's like if you're really interested in a game, like if it Wolfenstein 2, for example, then hey, you're gonna want to own it, right? So yeah,
2: you're right. Well, I'm gonna still buy. I'm gonna buy Gears Five, but and I know for a fact that's gonna be on Game Pass, but I'm still gonna buy it. Hey, nobody
1: Mm -hmm. knew Shadow the Tomb Raider would be in Game Pass eight months after launch.
0: That is true, and funny enough, I do plan on playing that probably sometime this summer. I really want to get into it because I did hold off. It looks good um, oh yeah,
1: it's great it's great. It's, it's great great I
0: love that game yeah it's amazing you know it didn't really that's another game that didn't really get as much advertising as it should have um I felt Not that they kind of kind of dropped the ball there but uh you know now at this time the show must come to an end guys and really it's been a wonderful show it really was and a big thank you to all of those that participate in the chat. Again, we got uh, Michael Monkey Punch, hey monkey, how are you doing bud, Shizno Elite, Johnny, Born Distracted, Uh, Siberia, Indie Gamer, Uh, there's so many great people here, thank you for joining guys and participating, uh, Peter Young, Stick Figure, Uh, lots of guys, thank you for joining Relevant Native, and uh, Stagger Lee was here, thank you guys for joining, it was great. And uh, also big shout out to everyone listening in and just, you know, for your support. It is greatly appreciated for the show. And if you happen to enjoy the show, then please consider subscribing as we'd love to have you around, stick around for more content and also consider thumbing up the, vi- the video. That would be fantastic. Now onto the outros and of course our special guests, Gaming Forte has been great. Where can everybody find you?
1: No, man, it's been a pleasure, man. This has been an awesome experience. Always love being around new people to have more conversations. Um, you guys can catch me at Gaming Forte on Twitter and on YouTube. Um, lots of Xbox-centric high stuff over there. Also, I do talk PlayStation uh, when that stuff's relevant. And then basically, looter shooters are the games I talk about the most. Um, but really appreciate the invite. You know I am always available whenever you need me. And I would love to come back and kick it with you once again.
0: All right, that'd be great, bud. We'll definitely uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Great guy. Definitely check him out, guys. Check out his content. He's got a good channel and the podcast he's a part of. All right, Centurion, bud. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this show. Uh, Where can these fine people in the chat and people listening in afterwards, where can they find you and your content?
2: They can find me on Twitter at Centurion1307 and on YouTube at Legion of Gamer. It's three separate words. Um, And also I do run a website, legionofgamer.com, where I post most of my content. Um, But I really enjoy that you had me here. Thank you so much for inviting me and the opportunity. I hope to do this again with you guys. You guys are totally awesome. I am just so happy that I got the ball rolling months ago to get into this content creation thing and i have met just amazing people like yourselves and it has been a very welcoming and inviting community
3: oh
0: thank you that's uh very kind of you to say centurion and uh hey we're happy to have you a part of it honestly like keep doing what you're doing you got Excellent content coming. Uh, Definitely check out his videos. I I have both Gaming Forte and Centurion listed below. If you uh, look below the video, I listed their information there. There's a link to check out their YouTube and Twitter and uh, definitely do that, guys. Highly suggested. And again, sorry the other panel members could not make it this evening. I thought they would have popped in, but... Uh, they were doing some mother's day activities and it just, I'm assuming it got, uh, their time got taken up, but they will be back and we're going to have an awesome show next week. You can definitely count on it. Again, I'm invader gaming. You can find me on Twitter at invader underscore one, nine, eight, six. And of course on YouTube invader gaming, look for the robot guy. And it's been a great show guys. Again, thank you for everyone checking out the show. And we'll be back.
3: See you later, guys.